Amen. Thank you, Jen. Well, good morning, everyone. Hi, Facebook family and everyone outside. Can you guys hear me okay? Perfect. Very good. Well, I'm Tamara. I'm the associate pastor here. And uh, Kim and I are running the ship along with our vice president, Stan Katawaki, who you will be seeing in a little bit. He'll be doing our announcements today. House and Wendy are on vacation. And they are celebrating House's 60th birthday today. And so um, you guys send them lots of um, well wishes and um, happy birthday wishes on Facebook and in Messenger. They may not get it because they are in Death Valley and probably aren't getting a lot of cell service there. So, But when he gets home and gets in range, they will get it. And I know that will bless him greatly. So please send him uh, your love and well wishes. So we're starting a new sermon series. We were we just finished I'm not weird, I'm gifted. And someone asked me this morning, could someone be weird and gifted? And the answer is yes. We can be weird and gifted. Um and most generally we are. I I know I am. I'm weird and I'm gifted. So um at least that I tell I, I'm telling myself I'm gifted. Um but so we just finished that. We talked about the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given all of us to use. And so now our next sermon series is what's next for me? As we're ending 2020, what's next? Can it, it can't get worse, can it? Can it, I mean, really, I, it could, but I'm praying it doesn't. But what's next for me? And we picked that title a year ago um, because this is the first Sunday in Advent. And this is a time to reflect. It's a time to prepare for the future and the coming king. And what it's a time to look towards our future. And that is our spiritual destination in um, eternity. So how can we look forward to that? And so what's next for me is how we're going to navigate going into the new year and actually getting to our spiritual destination of eternity. So it's going to be a fun four-week series and um, the next, the fifth Sunday will be Christmas Eve, where we'll be talking about finding hope in turbulent time. So we hope you enjoy, um, join us for all, all of those um, sermons. So the first thing when we need to look at is where are we? And I love those little maps. You are here because it tells you exactly where we are. And when we're looking at where we are and moving forward, during Advent, we have to look and really reflect on our faith and our faith life and what it means to us, how we are portraying it to others. And so our sermon title today is Faith Does Not Equal Denial. Now, a couple of us had a discussion because that seems like a weird um, title, but faith does not equal denial. What that means is we need to live an authentic faith. We need to live a real, in reality faith, that there is stuff going on. I mean, here's this girl walking down a road with an umbrella towards a tornado. The reality is she's in danger, <laughs> right? She's there. She's in danger. And it seems like she's almost in denial of what's going on. She's walking like it's a regular regular storm. But we can't be in denial when it comes to our faith. 
And one of the ways that we're in denial in our faith is the reality of our life. And our lives can really suck at times, right? Right now, this last year, 2020, has been a sucky year. No one's in denial about that, right? But in our faith, I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, everything's good because God's in control, which he is. But they're not, they're denying the reality of which we're living in. And they're saying everything's fine, which it's not. And I know it's not with them because I've heard their complaints. They do complain. And one of the ways in the Bible that people expressed um, their faith is through the, in the Psalms and a word called lament or lamenting. And a lament, when you lament or complaint, it's laments a deep sorrow. It's a deep grief. It's a deep regret that you have for things not turning out the way you want them. Or maybe you're being attacked, spiritually attacked or physically attacked, and you're crying out to the Lord. Um, in our faith walk, it's okay to complain. I have been told numerous times, and people this morning said, who, who told you that? And I said, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm probably not friends with them anymore. But um, they told me in my faith walk that if I complain, I'm not showing true faith. If I'm not lamenting, I'm not, if I'm lamenting, then I'm not showing true faith. I'm not showing that I'm trusting God in my situation. But the fact is, and I always say this, if King David can do it, I can do it. King David's my hero. He lived a true, authentic faith. He did not deny any situation that he's in. And he did not, um, he complained to God all the time in his Psalms. But what I loved about him is he would complain, he'd complain, he'd complain. He'd ask why, he'd ask what, he'd ask how long, Lord. And yet, he always ended with hope and joy in his songs. And that's what we're going to learn today is it's okay to complain. We just can't live there. We can't bury ourselves in our worries and in our complaints. When we do, that's not showing true faith. That's showing doubt. But to show true faith is not denying our circumstances, but we can lament about them but then finding joy and hope in the Lord because we know he will never leave us alone. I showed this man walking on a road alone. We're never alone. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're in right now. We are never, ever alone. And so can when there are complaints, people say, well, you can't ask why. Yes, you can. doesn't mean that the Lord is going to answer those questions. Why, O oh Lord? He may or may not answer them. Most of the time, he doesn't. This morning, or last night, he answered my why question. I'm going to tell you the truth. 10.30 last night, I tore up my sermon and threw it away. Why? Because the Lord told me. Do you think I went back to the Lord and said, why, Lord? Yes. I lamented last night, literally lamented, saying, Lord, 
you want me to come up here this morning and speak your word. Why did you have me throw this away? And he says, because I want to work through you, not through your paper. Okay, then. So I was telling friends this morning, I was texting them. I said, you need to pray for me because this is what happened. And they said, ooh, we can't hear, can't wait to hear what God has to say. And I said, me too. I'm really excited. I know. And so, but last night I was lamenting. And I'm like, why, Lord? Why is this such a struggle? Why is this happening? Why, Lord, why? And he says, because I need to work through you, not through your paper. He answered me that time. He's answered me a few other times when I've said why. But most of the time, he will answer what questions. What, Lord, can I do? What, Lord, do I need to do? Lord, what are your plans? Right? And he'll answer those in our complaining. If we look at um, Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4, this is a prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. And I'm going to show you the lament and then the, the promise and the joy. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abound. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. How many of you think this is something that we could be lamenting about right now and I have been? This, I read this and I was like, holy cow, this is today. But this is where it turns in verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. The Lord answered Habakkuk. The Lord has a plan for each of us. We can wail, we can complain, which is good. We want to do that to the Lord. We want to complain to him, not about him. We want to get it out of our system. And I always say that the Lord knows what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what's in my heart, what's in my head already. So I might as well spit it out. When we lament, it's being able to release us so that we can get to that hope and joy. How many of you have kept stuff in and it's just boiled and you can't get past it? People are raising their hands out there. Me too. Um, I have done that. And what I have found is when I can lament or complain to God, I get past it a lot faster. And that's what part of the Psalms are. David is writing Psalms about lamenting and about his trials and his sufferings. And he's had a hard life. His mentor, his friend, his father figure is now trying to kill him. His sons were trying to kill him. There were a lot of people trying to kill him because he was going to be king. There were people that were jealous. They were people that just hated him. Because he was God's favorite. God loved him. He was a man after God's own heart. And people were jealous of that. And if a man after God's own heart can go to God and 
complain and weep bitterly at his feet, so can we. And that's what I tell people. Look, King David weeped bitterly at at God's feet. He asked him why. He asked how long. He asked all these questions. And if he can do it, I can do it. And you can do it as well. And so we want to be able to be free of guilt of complaining. Now, if you're just giving the Lord a laundry list of complaints and not listening back, that's bad. Or if you continue to give him a laundry list of complaints and never get past it, that's where we get in trouble. But I'm going to show you in the Psalms, King David wrote, um, the questions he asked him, the laments he had. And then I'm going to show you the shift in the middle of his Psalms or towards the ends of his Psalms where he went into hope and when he went into joy. And I'm going to tell you, looking outside because it's really bright and then trying to focus on a screen, it's really hard because it's, it's um, not uh, clear. So in Psalm 139, oh, I forgot this one. Psalm 139, remember I said, I always tell people, God knows what's on my heart, what's on my mind. So I might as well speak it out. Psalm 139, 1 through 4 tells you what God knows. You have searched me, Lord, and you have, you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. The Lord already knows our complaints, our our deepest sorrows, our regrets. For us to speak out is to release us from those. When we hold on to them is when we get into trouble. When we can release them out to the air, we release them to God. We know, one, that we're not alone, and we know, two, that God is listening, and he will hear us, and that we will be free from it. That's why we complain. That's why we lament to the Lord. In Psalm 6-3, David cries out, My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? In Psalm 10-1, he says, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? He is feeling alone and vulnerable and scared. He's angry. He's frustrated. And so he's crying out to the Lord. You can hear it in his words how deep his anguish is. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sign is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. When we get into our pit, And I'm going to call it our pity party, right? Because that's really what it is. Um, We get in our pit. We feel that everyone's abandoned us, even God. But God never leaves us. God is always with us. In Mark 15, 34, this is an eye-opener. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani 
which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus asked why the Lord had left him as he died on the cross for each one of us. If King David and Jesus can ask why, that gives us permission to as well. To lament, to show our deep anguish, to show our our brokenness, to show our helplessness in a situation is why we do this. Now I want to show you how in Psalms, in our lament, we can turn it around for hope and joy. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. This is Psalm 130. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry of mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. In his word I put my hope. This this psalm is showing that they're feeling abandoned, that they're feeling frustrated, but yet they put their hope in the Lord's word. They wait for him to work. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. This psalm shows us that God is there for us. He will redeem us. He will forgive us. He gives us hope. He is our stronghold. He does not abandon those he loves, and he loves each one of us. In Psalm 43, 2 through 5, You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. In our times of trouble, we don't want world, the world, to guide us. No matter who's president, no matter who's governor, no matter who's our senator, our legislators, congressmen, it doesn't matter. They're not the ones to lead us. God's light and love needs to be the one that leads us. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. When we do worship here, it is not just to hear Jen or Kim or Jess or whoever sing pretty songs. It's a way of expressing our faith. It's a way of expressing our deep-seated feelings. Psalms, many times, almost all the psalms were put to music. And they were, they were worship songs. And I don't know about you, but there are certain songs that touch me deeply. Or it might be a song that normally hasn't touched me, you know, I love. But that morning, 
we sing it and I have tears because I am lamenting. The words touch me and there's something profound happening deep within me. And it's a way of me expressing my fears and my troubles and my frustrations and my stress and my worry. And then when we praise and worship him, it always ends with joy. When I can sing those songs and lament, when I'm done, I feel my burden has lifted. I feel lighter. I feel more joy-filled, more hope-filled, more faith-filled in those times. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and God. In Psalm 10, 16 through 18, the Lord is king forever and ever, and the nations will perish, perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike in terror. He defends us. He hears our desires. He encourages us encourages us he listens to our cries that's when we can lament to the lord that's what's happening but here's something we need to know faith doesn't deny a problem problem's existence it denies it a place of influence we cannot let our problems influence us to the point that we lose hope that we lose joy that we lose faith that's why we need to complain to God. That's why we need to ask why, ask how, ask what. That's why we need to lament. It's so that our problems don't have a place of influence within us. The world can't influence us. Our problems can't influence us. God influences us. That's who we need to follow. That's who we need to find our hope, our strength, and our joy. So here's some principalities. Principalities. I don't know where I got that word. Principalities. I guess I'm thinking kingdom. Um, practicalities is the word I was looking for. Ay, ay, ay. Lament, lament is vital because it helps us while we are in the pit of our pain and difficulties. Lamenting helps us while we're in the pit of our pain and difficulties. Two, we can take comfort in knowing God is there. We can cry out to him and he will hear us and respond to in his perfect time. And that's the key. God always responds to us. It might not be right when we want him to. We talked about this this morning in our prophetic prayer time. Lord, give me patience, but I want it right now, right? Lord, I want it in your time, in your perfect will, in your perfect timing, but I want it right now. But it's always God's perfect timing, perfect plan when he will answer us. Even the why questions, he will answer us in his perfect time. Three, God sees all of our pain. He knows our hearts and he's listening when we cry for relief. God sees everything in us, everything we're thinking. He knows our hearts. He knows the words we're going to speak. That's what Psalm 139 says. He knows us, and he wants us to remember that when we're in our pit, when we're crying out to him, that he knows us, he hears us, he's there for us. 
Number four, for we know God has a plan, even when we cannot see his plan. God always has a plan for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, what's it say? For God has a plan for us, not to destroy us, but to give us hope and faith. And there's a lot of times when we're going through this. How many times in 2020 have we thought, Lord, do you have a plan in all this? We have. I have. I've said, Lord, what the heck is going on? What's the plan here, dude? Right? What's the plan, Lord? What is the plan? He hasn't shown me the plan. I'm going to tell you that. But I know it's going to be in his perfect will, his perfect timing. And it's going to be his perfect plan for all of this. And it's coming. Number five, it is never wrong to cry out to God. God hears us in our pain and welcomes us close. It is never wrong to cry out to the Lord. It is never wrong to cry out to the Lord. There are so many people out there that say, I can't cry out to him because, you know, I'm good. Because there's other people with bigger problems. Well, guess what? The Lord already knows your your heart. He wants you to cry out to him so that he can welcome us close when we cry out to him. Number six, God is strong enough to handle our questions, our anger, and our doubt. He is strong enough to handle our complaints, no matter how big or how small. I've talked to people that say, I'm good. I have nothing to complain about. There's more people. Well, I do, but there's more people in worse off positions than me. You're right. There probably is. But God's big enough to handle all that. I've also heard people say, I don't want to bother the big guy. He's too busy. God is never too busy for you. He wants to know when you stub your toe and you say, ouch. And you go, Lord, heal my toe. He's going to heal your toe. He cares about every single hair on your head. He cares about every pain, every problem, every worry that you have. He is strong enough to handle our questions, all of our questions, our anger, and our doubt. He is strong enough to do that. He's got big enough shoulders to do that. Number seven, God loves us deeply, and he is always there. We are never alone. One of the verses that um, struck me, it's from John, and I'm not going to remember the exact verse. I think it's in chapter 10, maybe verse 12. Don't quote me on that because I think that's wrong too. Um, And it says that Jesus never will let, or God will not let anyone be snatched from his hand. And I took comfort in that. For Well, I still take comfort in it, but I was in a pit. And when I was reading the Bible, God showed me this verse. And it was like I'd read it for the first time, and it said, God will not let anyone or anything snatch you from my hand. We are never alone. God has his hand on us. He will never let anyone snatch us from his hand. We are not alone, and he loves you deeply. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past or what you will do in the future. He loves you. King David was not perfect. As a matter of fact, God still loved him, 
even though he had an affair and then had the husband killed because the girl got pregnant. Not perfect, right? God, David did a lot of things. He knew he was a sinner, and he went to the Lord and repented. But then he found his hope and joy in him, and God loved him deeply. If God can love David, he can love us. And this is the key for lamenting. Lamentation is an act of faith. When we can go and cry out to the Lord, it is an act of faith. For God is the only one who can do something about our pain. When we lament, we acknowledge that God is everything. In our weakness, we call out to our God, knowing he is there. That is the key. Lamentation is an act of faith. When we cry out to the Lord, we are saying, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. That is our true faith. When we lament and we tell people that we are having sorrows, it is showing our faith in God that he is stronger than anything we are going through. When we lament, we are showing people our real faith, that we live in reality. That we're not living in some, you know, heavenly, cloud-filled sky, right? Where everything is all golden and beautiful and wonderful. We're really living in this world. If we have God, then those things will happen. It will be golden, it will be wonderful, and it will be calming. But we live in this world, and Jesus told us we would have troubles. We would have sorrows. And God gave us a way that when we were in those troubles, when we were in the sorrows, to communicate with him. And that is our complaining and it is our calling out to him. It is our lament. It is an act of faith when we can cry out to him. So do not be embarrassed. Do not be afraid. Do it. Wherever you are right now, cry out to him. Show him your real self, and he will bless you for it. He will draw closer than ever. He will give you hope, and he will give you joy. So where are you in your faith? I'm going to have Stan come on up. But where are you in your faith? Are you living in the reality of this world and trusting and having a faith where you can lament? where you can trust that the Lord has a plan, that the tr- Lord is close to you, that the Lord has you in his hand, that he will never forsake you? <coughs> where are you right now? So let's pray. Father God, we're just so thankful that we can come to you any time for any reason that we can cry out to you our deepest sorrow, our deepest pain, that we can grieve, and that you grieve with us, and that you hear us. Lord, thank you for King David and his example of crying out to you in distress and finding hope in you, finding strength in you, finding courage in you, 
finding joy again. Lord, let our laments turn back to joy and hope. Let us, Lord, draw closer to you. Live our true faith in you. Live our reality in you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We praise you and we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, when you talk about lamenting and you talk about crying out to the Lord, it's because he loves to hear your voice, whether you're praising him or crying out in anguish. He loves to hear our voices. And, you know, this Thanksgiving, I had that um, song that Jen sang earlier on my heart, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. And, you know, I I know that um, in order to get into his courts, it says that we need to offer up praise and thanksgiving, right? And not lamenting. So in your lamenting, in our situations, God already knows everything from the end to the beginning of what we're going through. He already knows what the politicians are going to do. He already knows all those things. We could repeat it to him because he loves to hear our voice. But when we want to enter his courts, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Because when you're before God Almighty, the judge of all judges, you want to be praising him and thanking him. And so, you know, Tamara said, what's next? What's next after all this pandemic uh, nonsense? Well, we don't know exactly what it is, but we just need to maybe shift gears, like she said, shift out of our lament and go into praise and thanksgiving, and he'll speak to you, and he will give you what's next, and you'll find yourself in his perfect will. But anyways... We want to get to know you and pray for you. Please fill out a connection card. If you want to pray with someone, you email Tamara. Tamara, that's on the slider, Tamara Durka at yahoo.com. And we can enter into, um, there's many people that are praying for all these prayer requests. There's a lot of house likes to call them prayer athletes, and we're putting our muscles to work. The prayers for November, pray for protection and safety for our military, pray blessings for the families of our military, pray for unity and peace in the election process, pray against division within our government, pray that people seek God before voting, pray for God's guidance for our country. Pray for President Trump, Governor Newsom, and all those making decisions on our behalf. Pray for protection and health for the pastors of the well. We have daily Bible reading, and House does a teaching on Facebook and YouTube that kind of dives a little bit deeper than just our reading. You can join us on YouTube and Facebook. I didn't wear my shirt today. They have a well shirt, and um, it's a T-shirt that you can purchase online and the proceeds come to the well and we're doing good things with those offerings.
it's a shirt that says the well at Surf City, so you can wear it and show off where you're learning all these good things. Our tithes and offerings, you can give checks today if you're here at the well. Uh, you can mail it to Surf City, 2721 Delaware Street, Huntington Beach, California, 92648. Or there's obviously a lot of online ways to do it. The website, divedeeptogether.com. You could even give it by text or become a Patreon, patreon.com at the World Wide Well. There's many ways to give at tinyurl.com slash Malachi3110 giving. So there's many ways to give. So God bless you guys and have a great week. Thank you.